0: You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. Talk Line Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. And now your host...
1: Welcome back to the program. I'm Zev Brenner. I'm very pleased that Y. David Scharf, a chair and co-managing partner of Morrison Cohen LLP, joins us. He's a super lawyer, one of the country's leading trial and appellate lawyers, serves as a senior counselor to CEOs of multinational companies. He has more than 25 years of experience representing and advising clients in securities, mergers and acquisitions, complex commercial real estate transactions. He has many high-profile cases. He's also represented... The President of the United States prior to, to Donald Trump becoming President. I know him from the Upper West Side. He, I've seen him at Ridnicker and the Vorhandschule. Certainly a fixture on our community there as well. So, good luck. Thank you for joining us.
0: Be with you, Zev.
1: Uh, thank you. So, I'm sure everybody asked the question, what was it like working for Donald Trump before he became President?
0: Well, he is like, uh, many, um, people who just expect to win. Um, they're demanding, they want your time, they want your attention, and they want results. Um, I, I got a lot of training for the time that I represented him because uh, very early on in my career, I represented Leona Helmsley, and she called me a very affectionately, David Bubula, she called <laughs> me, but uh, she wanted outcomes. And uh, for, for her, it was for me to create a hotel internship program for inner-city kids that She was able to be part of her parole plan when she came out of jail, and I needed to create something that would be accepted by the New York Parole Board that worked with her infrastructure, that worked with what she can contribute back to society, and I needed to get it done, and I needed to get approved, and uh, that was a great experience working for her because it really set me up in terms of what the expectations are for people that are in the news and that you see in the bold print uh, in magazines and newspapers.
1: So, but, so, Leo, and the is are in the, the high-profile case. Donald Trump, what was I was trying to get? what was, like, working for him? I know one of his lawyers, he appointed David Friedman to be ambassador to Israel. But is there any consideration making you ambassador to Israel?
0: No, that was always David's passion and desire, and, and uh, him and, and uh, the president had talked about that for many years. I'd worked with David Friedman, um, on a trial for, for Donald Trump, um, in the years before he became president. And, uh, you know, David Friedman was set up for that very, very well. And, I think he did a great job. Um, working for, working for Donald meant, uh, as he wrote in his book about me, being up at five o'clock in the morning to take his phone calls. Being available to come up to his office, developing strategy, and, and I think uh, his passion to succeed and, and my passion to win match this up uh, very well. We always talked about the fact that when you're in a grief party. Um, speak out, get in front of the issue, and uh, we we shared that. And you know, for better or for worse, uh, love him or hate him, uh, it was always a situation where we knew um, people were not ambivalent about him, and I think that remained uh, throughout the, you know, the his run up to becoming president, throughout his presidency, and even to this day.
1: No, no question. He likes to win, and he's certainly a complicated individual. But have you had contact with him since he became president, or now that he left the presidency?
0: So yes, uh, you know it, it was uh, quite an interesting time, and I had been privileged to um, meet uh, and and spend time with presidents forty-one through forty-five: Bush one, Clinton, Bush two, um, Barack Obama. Uh, but. Knowing the president of the United States, as I did with President Trump, was a very completely different experience, visiting the White House, uh, being at events with him, him recognizing you among hundreds of people, him calling you by name. Uh, those, are, those are special experiences. It is not every day that a kid from New York um, knows the president of the United States, and the president of the United States knows him and calls him out and recognizes him uh, for his achievements and, and uh, knows his family, and, and those are special moments.
1: No, it certainly is, and I know that there was an appreciation that... People in the Orthodox community, the West Side and other places got together to have a lunch for the president to say thank you for supporting Israel, Hakur tov recognition of good. I believe you were involved with that as well, where there was an acknowledgement, and I think in the religious community, I think that, that resonated very strongly.
0: Well you know, in the early stages of, of the presidency, I received reach outs for um, him not understanding why the people in the religious community, why people in the Jewish community at large, weren't more passionate about him, uh, because he was passionate about issues that he thought were passionate uh, for them. And and yes, it was important to me that I expressed that to people, to let people know that it was important that, to the president that he receive recognition and that they recognize him for the work that he was doing for their community and i think he uh, elicited a lot of passion among many different communities that he was reaching out to and trying to provide for better lives uh and and that showed in in the turnout that he had for him um during the second uh you know during the run up for 2020
1: Right. I think in the Orthodox community, the numbers, according to Tommy Magazine, I think was as high as approximately 88% of the community supported him, which was a pretty high number. Didn't do as well in the general Jewish community, but in the Orthodox community, he did exceptionally well.
0: And he was, he was looking at that. And, and, and I, you know, I can tell you, I, I was at a dinner, um, for him at, um, at John Paulson's house with, uh, with Stephen Schwartzman and Howard Lutnick. And I got pulled aside and, and uh, to a, a, a Republican donor. And he asked me the following question, you know, what is it that the president is going to look for at, at the end of the 2020 election? And, and I said, it's the people who didn't vote for him. He's going to know who did vote for him and who didn't know, uh, vote for him. And, and I'm sure, uh, he, he's quite, uh, you know, he, he knows what's happening, and he, and, and he, he's very focused on those that support him and those that don't.
1: Do you think he's going to run again in 2024?
0: I think there's a lot of time between now and 2024 <laughs> before those decisions need to be made. Um, I definitely think he is going to be a force to be reckoned with as a kingmaker, as we head up to 2022. And then we'll see what the American public is up for. Uh, he's not going to put himself in a position where he's going to lose. He's, he's going to look to position himself because he views himself and, and those around him want him to succeed, and he wants to win uh, very passionately. And I think that's been something that I've known consistently since I started to represent him back in 2001.
1: We're speaking to Y. David Sharp, Super Attorney. We'll try to squeeze in some of your questions. You can call us at 212-769-1925. That's 212-769-1925. You can email us. Also, a great way to have your questions answered, zevbrenner at gmail.com, zevbrenner at com. You also represented Carl Icon and Ellie Tahari. and In fact, I believe you're representing judges, appellate to the division judges. Yes,
0: Yes, I am. Um, as a result of the budget crisis, many of the senior judges in New York, 46 of them for that matter, uh, were told that they would not be able to continue service uh, up to the age of 76, which was constitutionally uh, permitted. Um, and uh, they retained me, or the the appellate division judges retained me to bring their case. And uh, we won out in Suffolk County to set aside the decision that was made by the administrative board to uh, to not allow them to continue to serve. Um, we had an argument at the third department up in Albany. It was done virtually. Um, and we're heading to the Court of Appeals. The third department made a decision three to two to support the court system's right to not permit my clients to continue to serve. Uh, We got a beautiful dissent from uh, two justices, and we're going to head up to the Court of Appeals uh, to vindicate their rights, that they have a right to continue to serve uh, the public in in this state as they wish.
1: What's your biggest challenge being from being orthodox, representing high-profile cases where, as you mentioned with Donald Trump, he wanted to call you at 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm sure you're at call almost 24 hours a day.
0: Well, I think everyone learns very early on, and I'm not embarrassed to say it, I'm I'm available 24-6. And, um, you know, very early on, I I remember I started working... Uh, for Donald it was on a Thursday and um it was it was during the summer so there was plenty of time on Friday but as the Friday started to get shorter as the fall turned into winter um we had this thing where in the we talk in the morning and he would ask me what time I would turn into a pumpkin. <laughs> and I would tell him what time I would turn into a pumpkin and usually on Saturday night he was calling before i was coming home from shul and he would say i don't understand where's david it's dark outside how come uh, how come he's not available yet and i had to explain to him that Shabbos was really 25 and a half hours, and I needed a little extra time to get home from shul. But people learn that about me, and I've, I've never had any problems with that. People are extremely respectful, and I think part of that comes with the fact that when Saturday night comes, uh, I'm there, I'm available, I'll work whatever time whatever day is necessary. But Shabbos is sacrosanct, and, and uh, nobody has ever asked me to breach uh, my religion for them. And, and um, you know, I I think that's just part of who I am, and and I get the I get that respect.
1: No, which is which is terrific. That's the opportunities to be from and to be out there. In fact, we had David Schoen the other week, who who made it a point. He could have gone on Shabbos to to testify, do things in a halachic way, where wouldn't violence, But he wanted to make the point that he observed Shabbos, and I think that that's so important that people are able to respect that. That's that's I think uh, something essential, which is great. In all it's the, a
0: beautiful thing. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's, it's a beautiful thing about, uh, and the beauty of this country, and, and we just need to cherish that, and we need to be careful and, and be vigilant so that our, the freedoms that we cherish and that are important to us don't come under attack um, because it's happening in other countries and it's happening in areas in this country as well.
1: In all the years you've been around, what was your most interesting or complex case that you can share with our audience?
0: Through almost 30 years of doing this, obviously, there, have, there, there are many, many cases, but I, I like to focus on what's on the here and now, and I think one of the most complex things I've had and that I have going on right now is I am representing the lender, uh, the controlling note holder in a billion-dollar securitization that is looking to foreclose on a portfolio of uh, 46 Saks Fifth Avenues and Lord and Taylors around the country. So I am leading uh, a team of lawyers around the country, in Texas, in, in uh, New York, in New Jersey, uh, in Virginia, in Michigan, in Wisconsin, in California, in Texas, and I'm losing track if I'm going over other ones that I've covered already. And um, there are properties all over the place. There are different types of foreclosures that can happen in certain places. There are judicial and nonjudicial foreclosures. And... Uh, Certain things need to be sequenced, and we need to be able to be prepared to auction off different properties. And uh, running that and, and arranging that is definitely one of the most challenging things that I do. Uh, I'm on calls um, nearly every single day developing strategies and, and making sure that the lawyers around the country are doing what needs to happen. Uh, it's a jigsaw puzzle, and uh, that's challenging, uh, but that's that's the what that I think I'm up
1: for. And doing a great job. So... We appreciate your sharing some of what you're doing with the room. We'll have to have you back for a more in-depth interview. But thank you for that. I know you're active in the Jewish community, whether it's DOU or Aza or various shuls in the Upper West Side of Manhattan. So I don't know when you find time for everything if you're operating 24-6, but I guess thank God for Shabbos.
0: It, it definitely is. And I love to tell people all the time that... Uh if, if being able to do what I do inspires other people to take a day off, whether you're Jewish or you're not, uh, I think everyone needs to unplug, to unwind, and, and to get a moment. And whether your day of rest is Shabbos on, 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 on Saturday, or whether it's Friday, whether it's Sunday, uh, I think the world was set up in a particular way that requires us to unplug, and I'm respectful of others, and I appreciate that others are respectful of me.
1: Good luck. Thank you, Aziz and Pesach. And we appreciate you joining us here on the TalkLine Network.
0: My pleasure, Zeb. It's always a pleasure to see you and a pleasure to talk to you.
1: Likewise. The great work. Super attorney, David Sharf. Why David Sharp? He is chair and co-managing partner of Morrison Cohen. As you heard, very interesting clients, including the former president, Donald J. Trump. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
0: That's 212-769-1925, extension 100. Or email info at talklinenetwork.com. Talkline Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network. The voice of the Jewish community.